0: Well, if you all would turn your attention to Psalm 24, our next scripture reading is Psalm 24, our third and final reading of the day. As I mentioned, we began on Good Friday looking at the cross of Jesus in Psalm 22. It's a psalm of lament. It's the very words Jesus quotes as he hangs on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that lament turns to praise. It turns to trust. And then there's a psalm of confident hope that even when we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil for God's comforting rod and his staff are leading and guiding us. And as we turn the chapter over to Psalm 24, I'm convinced that this is the last of a collection of psalms Psalm 24 parallels Psalm 15, which I'm going to read to you in a little bit. But first, let's read Psalm 24 and let's notice how our journey from Psalm 22 to Psalm 24 goes down to the very valley of death and comes out to the very heights of heaven, the mountain of the Lord. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Well, on this Easter Sunday, I'd like to ask three questions of this passage for your thoughtful meditation of the text. I think each of them are hopefully going to be found relevant to each of us as we find ourselves in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. Question one. Based off of verses one and two, do you know the God who is in control? Verses one and two, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. This reminds me of Psalm 135. In verse 5, it says, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all of the gods. Whatever the Lord does, he does whatever he pleases, in heaven and on earth and in the sea and all of the deeps, It is he who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, and he who makes the lightning for the rain and brings forth the wind from the storehouse. Do you know who is in control? I feel like as I've called around to each of you over the last couple weeks and been talking about how things are going, a common refrain has been Pastor Phil, we're not in control. We are not in control of the next day. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or what the summer's going to be like. We had plans made, but those plans are shot. Anybody feel that way right now? Do you know that you've never been the one that's in charge? And that God is graciously reminding us that he is the one who owns with all power and authority the whole earth the world and all of those who dwell therein, the fullness of it all. I sent out in a link in the emails uh, this week uh, an audio book or a download that's free from John Piper, Piper, Coronavirus and Christ. And in that book, he has a little section, as you might expect if you've ever read anything by John Piper where he, he starts waxing eloquently about the sovereignty of God and how it's all-encompassing and all-pervasive and it's, God's hand holds absolute sway over every detail of this world. And then he creates this beautiful list in the book of scripture passages that remind us of these things. He says, remember Jesus in Luke 8, when he governs the wind with his word or in job 36:32 when the lightning is under his sovereign power or the snow in psalm 147:16 consider the animals in exodus with the plagues all frogs and gnats and flies and locusts are under his sovereign rule or consider the story of jonah when he commands a worm to eat a plant or a fish to swallow a man or consider the words of Jesus in Matthew ten twenty nine, that not one sparrow falls without the Father knowing. Turn your eyes from the animals then to the natural creation around us, the grass, the plants, famines, the sun stopping and starting in Joshua ten twelve to thirteen, the grass withering and fading in Psalm 147 8, a plant. Rising up above Jonah in Jonah four six. Or think about the prison doors that open in Acts chapter five nineteen, the blindness that is attributed to does God not make man blind and dumb in Exodus four eleven, or Luke eighteen forty two. Or think about fevers that he has power and sovereign rule over when he heals Peter's mother. Or as Matthew 4.23 says, he has sovereign rule to heal every disease. Or as James, Jesus' half-brother, reminds us, your travel plans are submitted to the very will of the sovereign God. Do not go to any place without first thinking and saying, if the Lord wills, I will go to such and such a place. The heart of the kings is turned like the waters are turned in a stream, Proverbs 21, 1. The nations are under his hand, Psalm 33:10. Acts of murder, including the murder of Jesus, were predestined by God the Father, Acts chapter 4, verse 27. And your own spiritual blindness can be overcome by the God who said, let there be light in Genesis 1, can make the light of the glory of the face of Christ shine in our hearts. In all of this, our God is in control. He rules the earth. It is his, the psalm says in Psalm 24, verse 1. He owns it. He established it by his word and he sustains all things by the word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. We must remember as we read this first introductory stanza of our psalm that our God is the powerful and mighty, all-consuming fire. And it is because of that, that the next section will ask who then can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who then can stand in his holy place in front of his presence? I believe that this is the question that began in Genesis 3. Ever since Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, the garden that was on top of a hill or a mountain, where the cherubim were guarding the east gates with flaming swords of fire, ever since they were sent out, there has been a question through the whole Bible, who then will ascend the mountain of God and enter back through those gates? And our psalm answers the question by saying the one with clean hands. So my question to you, brothers and sisters of Embassy Church, during the coronavirus pandemic, are your hands clean? I mean, we've been having a lot of practice washing them, but that's certainly not what our text means. Let me read it to you again. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands, And a pure heart, and who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. I really would like all of us to consider if we have spent more time washing our hands of germs than we have of washing our hands of the filth of our deceit or our unrighteousness or our lifting up our souls to what is false. This is a perfect time for us in this season to be reminded every time you wash your hands or are told, wash your hands, that there is a more important hand washing, a more important cleansing We're fearful of getting a bacteria or a virus or some sort of disease. But there is already a disease in our hearts and on our hands. We have contributed to the sin of this world, each of us individually, all of us corporately. And therefore, the question remains, who then is going to ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? Well, not us. As I mentioned previously, Psalm 15 is the parallel psalm that I think is in this brief collection. And if you turn your Bibles to Psalm 15, you're going to notice why I think that these two are bookends, the beginning and the end. Psalm 15 is the first of a collection of psalms and Psalm 24 is the final of a collection of psalms. The psalms are not just randomly thrown together. They are organized probably by Ezra or some sort of scribe or priest in the Old Testament before the Old Testament books were completed. And it's clear in many different ways that you can see the ordering and design. And in this case, you should see Psalm 15 parallels Psalm 15. Psalm 15 says, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend and whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. It's clear from both Psalm 15 and Psalm 24 that the person that can stand in the presence of God must be blameless in their speech, in their actions, in their hearts, in their thought patterns, in all of their life, their hands must be clean. And so I want to ask you as you're going through this shelter in place order and you're spending a lot of time at home, how's it going? Is this season revealing to you sin in your heart that you maybe didn't realize was there before? Anxieties, worries, fears. I think this season that we're in is called a time of testing. I would be... Slow to quickly say that because of some action you or someone else did, that this is a specific act of judgment, as if this was a time of judgment. Generally speaking, maybe we could speak of this as a time of judgment, as a consequence of the broader sin in the world. But more specifically, this is a time of testing for all of us. Regardless of what you have done or have not done, you're going to be exposed in this season. I want you to imagine right now a cup of water. And then the bottom of that water has been some settled dirt. And when the the dirt settles down to the bottom, you, you can't see the dirt anymore. And then this clear glass, it gets stirred up with a spoon and it starts getting cloudy and dirty all over again. That's what's happening right now in our homes. When things that aren't going according to your plan interrupt your plan, And you realize, oh my, there was stuff in the bottom of that glass that was there all along. We need to realize that it's not just, oh, well, I'm getting a little anxious or worried because of the circumstance. You already had anxious and worried seeds in your heart, and now they're coming to full bloom because the season is ripe for them to flower realize that this is the time of testing and all of us should examine ourselves and see are our hands clean is our heart pure how how well have you passed the test of this season do you think that you can stand in the presence of a holy god in light of how you've performed just over the last 3 weeks patience with your family members patience with god not worrying about the future, thinking about the news and all of the things that are going on around us being consumed more with the latest headlines than with the God who created all of these things. So our second question is, do you have clean hands and a pure heart? Our last question is, do you know the king of glory the psalm ends with a back and forth question and answer response. It's likely that this psalm would have been used in a congregational setting and there would have been a worship leader. So imagine Adam standing or sitting on on a stage at church when we gather together and he asks a question, who is the king of glory? And the congregation should respond The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. And then the worship leader says, lift up your head, O gates. And the congregation responds, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And then the worship leader says, who is this king of glory? And the congregation responds, it is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So do you know him? who is the king of glory? Well, we know in the very beginning of the psalm, the little subscription, the the small words at the very top says, this is a psalm of David. So is David, is he the king of glory? Well, it can't be David for two reasons. One, David can't enter the Lord's house. He can't even build God's house. In 2 Chronicles, we're told that God told David, you shall not build a house for my name because you are a man of war and your hands have shed blood. He has dirty hands, not clean hands. So strike number one, this can't be David that fulfills the psalm because this man, David, who wrote the psalm is not the king of glory. Even though he won mighty battles, even though he was strong and mighty, He is not the one who will enter in the Lord's presence. Second reason it can't be David. Notice the language in verse nine. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient. This is the closest word you have in Hebrew to eternal. O lift them up. Oh, ancient doors, so that the king of glory may come in. This is exalted eternal language. This is not about the gates in Jerusalem. This is about the eternal gates of God's heavenly presence. These are ancient eternal doors. And it's the presence of those gates back in Genesis 3 that I mentioned, that the cherubim and the flaming swords were guarding to keep Adam and Eve and anyone else out because they had been banished from God's holy presence. And so the the statement is, lift up your heads, O gates. Strange, isn't it? How do gates lift up their heads? Any of you kids still listening over there? Gates don't have heads, right, kids? No, gates don't have heads. This is a metaphor. Oh, lift up your heads, gates. Gates. It's a picture of imagining that the eternal gates of God are sad and their heads are drooping. Now, gates typically don't have emotions, but here we're doing poetry. You can can play with stuff, with words and concepts and ideas. And so we're mixing together the gates of heaven with a human heart. And the human heart that shows sadness droops its head down low and its chin is in its chest. And the gates are being told, have hope, have joy, lift up your heads, O gates. Why? Why such joyous anticipation and hope? Because the warrior king is coming into the eternal gates. Who is this king of glory? It is none other than, as you might have guessed it, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the king of glory, the strong and mighty, the one who won the greatest battle, not just against the nations of the peoples, but the battle against the real enemy, sin and death. Jesus won the battle by going through the flaming swords of fire. Jesus cleared a path and made a way for us to enter through the gates that have been closed off ever since Adam and Eve were banished. And so now meditate this Easter Sunday that you and I can ascend the holy hill with Jesus, united with him in our humanity. He has taken on our humanity and connected himself to us, died on a cross, descended down into the grave, rose again triumphantly three days later, ascended to heaven, and now he reigns and rules as the king of glory. And you and I are seated with him in the heavenly places. And we can ascend the holy hill through the Spirit of God who's been poured out upon us because Jesus Christ ascended Calvary's hill. Think back to Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? We can stand in God's holy place because Jesus stood in our place. In Psalm 22, verse 6, it says, But I am a worm, I am not a man. I have been scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Brothers and sisters, our dirty hands can be cleaned because Jesus' hands were pierced. Psalm 22, verse 16, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands, they have pierced my feet jesus's hands were filled with blood and because it wasn't the blood of others but his own blood his hands are cleansed and it allows for you and for me to enter the very presence of god our hearts can be purified have clean hands and a pure heart but you know your heart is wicked You know that this time is stirring up all of that sin that settled down in the bottom of that heart. But Jesus' heart, in Psalm 22, verse 14, his heart became like wax and was melted within his breast because of Jesus and what he did in Psalm 22, experiencing the pain and agony of the psalmist by dying on the cross, Descending down and then rising and ascending again, we now have access to our God. And so, at this point of my preparation, I uh, I was reminded of a song, a, a new modern song, because I was thinking, this this is a unique kind of you know song to sing where you've got people singing one side of the song and then uh, other people responding. This it's called antiphonal. Psalms or songs. And there's a a new song that recently came out, and I would highly recommend that throughout your Easter day today, I want many of you, if not all of you, as part of your Easter celebration, I want you to look up Andrew Peterson's song, "Is He Worthy? It's a beautiful song that is probably the only modern song I know that creates an answer-response, question-and-answer-response kind of song. And so I'm going to ask the question, and like we did at the very beginning, when I said, he is risen, and then I unmuted all of you, and you said, he is risen indeed. If, if your family's especially loud, you can keep yours muted, but I'm going to unmute everyone just for a moment. And I want you to answer the questions of this song, and I want us to collectively together, work through the song called is he worthy by andrew peterson so let's unmute and the first series of questions your answer will be we do you guys ready do you feel the world is broken answer Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Answer, do you wish that you could see all things new? Next stanza, this time, I'm going to ask a question. You're going to respond, It is. Is all of creation groaning? Is a new creation coming? Is the glory of the Lord the light within our midst? Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Next question. Answer these questions with, he does. Does the Father truly love us? Does the Spirit move among us? Nice and loud, everybody. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? Does our God intend to dwell with us again? Last series of questions. I'm going to ask them in a row, and then you're going to respond with, He is. Ready? Is He worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of this? Answer. He is. Well, brothers and sisters, that was lovely. And I highly encourage all of you to look up the song, Is He Worthy? by Andrew Peterson. And like the spirit of Psalm 24, sing with joy this Easter Sunday that there is one who is worthy. There is one who is whole. There is one who is able to break the seal and open the scroll. It is the Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. That's the chorus of the song, Is He Worthy? And I want those lyrics and this spirit of Psalm 24 ringing in your ear of who is that King of glory? It is the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the one strong, mighty in battle, the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. It's none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, reigning and ruling at the Father's right hand. Let's close in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this time to meditate on your word. We want to thank you for the gift of the Psalms that they put poetically to music and to our hearts, the thoughts and feelings and desires of all of us. We thank you for the gift of salvation and for the God who came to rescue us in the person of Jesus, and he descended down to the grave, and he arose again. And he ascended to heaven and he poured out his Holy Spirit so that this presence of the Father and the Son and the Spirit could be felt by each of us. No matter where we are, whether we're at home, on our couches, on our beds, in our cars, walking about, we can worship you, Father, in spirit and in truth anywhere. Because Jesus Christ is the King of glory and he has broken through the eternal ancient gates and he has made a way back into that garden paradise that we hear in Genesis 1 and 2. We praise you, God, for this good, excellent news on this Resurrection Sunday. We pray, God, that we would find hope today and that we would have your words and your truth singing in our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are going to sing two songs and I'm going to get the song lyrics up and these are going to be songs christ is risen and crown him majesty and we wanted to close with these two songs because